Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Juicebox Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to try a free, no obligation demo pod today. This episode of the podcast is with Brad. Brad's the dad of Ella. Ella is a little girl who has just, just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And Brad is also divorced from Ella's mom. So this conversation is just invaluable if you're co-parenting from different households or even if you're having trouble finding a way to talk to a significant other or a spouse about you know the duties and and responsibilities of helping another person live with type 1 diabetes all right settle in get your headphones in your ears get yourself ready here comes the juice box podcast in three two one zero negative one Brad, uh, 38, getting ready to be 39. My daughter is nine, um, Ella. And uh, three weeks ago, we were, um, she was uh, complaining about some um, side pains. And, and uh, we've noticed she was drinking a lot and thirsty a lot. And uh, she'd lost eight pounds in two weeks. And, uh, but we just had no clue uh, what to, uh, you know, that this was a diabetes thing. So she went to the nurse and then the nurse said, yeah, let's go, let's go have her checked out at the pediatrics. And they, uh, checked her blood sugar there, looking at different ideas and checked her blood and she was over 500. Um, so they told us to go to a, a Riley hospital, which is a children's hospital up here. And uh, when we got up there, she was over 300 and her A1C was 12.1%. Um, how long and, did they give you a feeling for how long they thought her pancreas no, wasn't working? No, they, no, they had, no, they didn't have a good clue. Um, so it just, uh, it flipped our world upside down and, um, had no clue. Uh, nobody in my mom or on my side. Uh, my grandparents were type two uh, later in life, and her uh, the mom's side. She doesn't know anything about her dad's side. So the the grandpa of Ella on her mom's side, we don't know anything about. So um, he was a hundred percent Cherokee. We don't know if uh, there's a native uh, thing to it or not. Um, but uh, we just don't not, we don't have any history on yeah. on that part. So anyway, um, I've dove into the deep end and uh, trying to learn everything I can, reading, learning, you know, online, and and then that's how I came across your podcast. And to be honest, I think it's probably one of the most helpful things is to hear other parents' uh, conversations and stuff. And so that's been super helpful. I have a a one hour commute each way to work, and so that's. And then at work, I just sit and work on my computer and headphones in listening. And so I've been listening to your podcast, driving home or at work. And, and it's just it's given me a lot of insight and, and to know I'm not the only one freaking out in the beginning and stuff like that. Well, I, I, that's really nice for, especially for all the people who come on and, and share their stories, which you are now a part of. So, <laughs> and you. so when you reached out, I, I have to admit, I was really interested in talking to you because I haven't heard from a ton of people who were like, I've, my, my child was diagnosed in the last couple of weeks and I'd like to talk about it. And that's just because it's such a raw thing. Um, yeah. But so I really appreciate it because I think there's a lot of insight here probably to be had. Um, yeah. So, so you said there's no uh, diabetes history that you can find. How about, do you know about other endocrine issues? Anything, no. No, nothing that you can point to. So, okay. No, I mean, I've never even been to a hospital overnight myself um, in my life. And uh, my wife, neither, or ex-wife, I'm sorry, uh, neither. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're really dumbfounded about it, um, how, how it happened. And so uh, we're just uh, hitting it, you know, head on trying to. And that's been the hard thing is um, her, her numbers have been all over the scale. And I know the nurses are still trying to regulate it. And, and we've just got our numbers changed again, you know, for lunch and breakfast and, and dinner is all different now. And 
um, the stuff like that. Yeah, Brian, yeah. the beginning is is not fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so and you have a there's an extra twist to your story because you're you're a divorced dad. So yeah, um, you're going to be the first person we talk to, and I've been interested in this for a while. But you're going to be the first person we talk to who's not e- either just single parent in or co or co parenting with you know with a with a spouse. Right. So, all right. So and and to, to to remind people, you're barely you're probably not even three weeks into this yeah today is three weeks today's three weeks okay so yep. and and we meet our np today actually um in a couple of, in a few hours we're going to go up to indianapolis and and meet our uh, uh, nurse practitioner for the first time okay and we don't meet our uh, endo until october oh that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little sarcasm, <laughs> yeah. trust me i um i don't remember the last time i laid eyes on my endocrinologist so you'll, you'll be okay <laughs> okay okay um so so what is the I mean, I guess it, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to gild the lily too much. But but, what were your initial feelings when? Did you understand what diabetes type one even was when they told you she had? Barely. It or? Barely. And and all I remembered was my grandparents and um, what you know what they were dealing with in the in the end. But uh, barely. I, that's what I'm saying. I dove in the in the deep end. I was at the hospital the three days there, and um, we and that's all I did was just looking on my looking online, trying to read everything. My uh, my mother is a um, a teacher. Uh, she's a writer, an editor. She loves to research. And the next thing, you know, two days later, I had three books in the mail, um, stuff, stuff like, you know, like a diabetes 101 for dummies kind of thing. And, yeah. and, um, but it's been great trying to learn that, uh, you know, read that and stuff. Um, yeah, the ex-wife and I, we were, um, this is really actually, um, how do I say? So I'm remarried okay. and, um, I, my daughter, I'm with her every other day. Um, twice during the week and then every other weekend. So it's practically every other day and every other weekend. And mm-hmm. so we're, I'm, I'm very involved. I coach everything she does. You know, I'm just, uh, I go to everything at school. I'm very involved. And, um, but it's always been a, um, a very structured thing with my ex-wife. And since this, uh, this diagnosis, uh, my ex-wife has, has, has decided we need to be open door, um, anytime, anywhere, uh, things like that, and so it's been it's been really awesome, <laughs> but yeah. also kind of weird uh, to see her and my wife getting along and talking, uh, communicating. Uh, we just realized communication is the number one thing. Yeah. Um, so, like yesterday, my uh, I was out of town in Chicago, but uh, my um, ex-wife's mom took Ella over to my wife, who was swimming at my dad's house with her with her kids. So. It was just weird. <laughs> so, so you guys are so so prior to the diabetes diagnosis, everything was a little professional, a yes. little like, "Hi, how are you? Thank yes. you for delivering the child," like that kind of thing. Yes. And um, yes. oh, excuse me, one second, and Brad. I'm really sorry. I never do this, but I'm gonna need to take this call for a split second. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Hello. It is. Good. Thanks. How are you? Okay. Okay. Here's here's what I want to do then. Can I cancel to I'm going to cancel today and keep my next one. And then please could you could you make the request in the meantime for me? Okay. Okay. 
That's perfect. So cancel today. We'll see you Monday, and then we'll work it out from there. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Brad, I'm so sorry. My, right, no son, my son's been getting physical therapy. And there's oh. been a, an insurance issue. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, um, okay, so I'm going to start over <laughs> yep. with my line of thought. We were we were very professional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you guys were you guys were just it was it, and I, my parents are divorced. Like I know what you mean. Like you know nobody nobody shoots each other, but everybody's yeah. eyes are a little averted and and pe- people are passed <laughs> around like like packages a little bit and and then yep. so but so so really kudos to both of you. You're you're excellent exactly. to you because I mean it's it's. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that in such a short amount of time that you guys could see that that if you tried to keep going the way you were going, this diabetes thing was never going to work out. Well, we, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, you know, we got to communicate. I mean, it, um, there's no way around it. Oh, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're having long conversations. My ex-wife and I were, you know, conversations on the phone and on how to do this and that and and. Yeah, it's just been it's been really weird, but uh, very thankful, and you know, I'm it, kind of like finally, you know, has been a thing, and uh, so um, it's been and it's great for for Ella also uh, to because I felt like she always felt like she was going to miss something uh, with my wife and and her and her kids, you know, uh, things that we do whenever she's not around. So now she can she can come anytime and and uh, grow anytime and stuff. But uh, that's been one thing I wanted to bring up here lately was. Um, since it's that well before the diagnosis, but we think it has to do with the diagnosis is a major mood change uh, with my daughter and um, to you know go see friends, play with friends, or um, come see me more or less, or things like just a lot of mood changes of what she, was normal before. How so? How, what, what would you say? How was she prior, and how is she now? Um, okay, I want and I don't want to say prior to diagnosis, but in the in the month I would say in the month before diagnosis. Um, things were really changing. So uh, she she's um, uh, like doesn't want to stay the night with me. Um, doesn't want to go for summer uh, to uh, babysitters where all of her girlfriends are at to play for a week. You know, during the day while we're at work. Um, her other friends that are down the road um, doesn't want to go over there and play. Um, she used. Uh, are you seeing like sort that. of a reversal on that since the insulin's been introduced? No, not yet. Not hey, oh. well, you never know. She, she could just, you, you know, that it may or may not have anything to do with right. it. Right. Yeah. I know. I mean, you're dealing with a nine year old, you know. <laughs> well, well, you know what else? And you know what else you're seeing, Brad, is that all of a sudden, and this is not specific to you, but I would think to everyone listening, once you're diagnosed, you start becoming hyper focused on a lot of things. Like you start yes. thinking, like, how did this happen? You know, there's no, there's no, uh, no diabetes in our family. You start yes. looking around for reasons. I think the honest truth of it is, is that. You know, there's probably no reason you're going to figure out about why she, you know, about why she has type one, and and you're going to start looking for you, you'll you'll stop looking for, you know, yeah reasons why things are happening. Just, yeah, I think it's just a phase, you know, and and she's uh, I, my daughter is uh, also um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> uh, she she thinks things out ahead way more than a nine year old should. She plans the day ahead very well, you know, things she wants to know exact time she. She will sit there and contemplate how that can work out, whatever the plan was talked about, you know, um, instead of just running around with your head off like a kid, you know, normally is or something yeah. um, very focused and stuff. And so I think she's I know this has stressed her out and I think she just likes the comfortableness of being around mom and staying home with, uh, with mom for a while, you know, longer than normal that and stuff sense. like that. Well, uh, you know, what you just said is interesting because the the being 
well planned out is is a double-edged sword with diabetes. It'll help because it will help because you do need to find a little more regimentation places. But yeah. at the same time, you're going to learn as you go that you really do need to just kind of go with it a little bit too. Yeah. Like, and there's that other side. Maybe that'll help even her personality out over the long run, you know, well, yeah. if she can figure that out for herself. And it helped. Uh, the other thing was uh, she was diagnosed um, the Thursday, so a week before school was out. But we were in the hospital until Saturday, so she only had uh, the next Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of school, and then school was out for the summer. So that was helpful for us to have the summer to hammer down her numbers, regulate, figure it for us to yeah, figure. You can this try out. to figure something out before she's yeah. got it. Yeah, I have to admit. Um, I, my daughter wasn't in school. She was too young to be in school, but I, I talk to people all the time who are like diagnosed and then they've got to go right back to school. And I don't, that it just, it's another layer. I mean, your extra layer is obviously, um, the divorce, but, but you know, at least you don't have to, at least it's not, at least it's not figuring out a a two, a two household situation, rejiggering your, your relationship with your ex-wife and, and school, at least you don't have the school. That's, that's pretty cool. So, so I know you, um, when you left the hospital, they gave you some pretty basic tools, right? So you're <laughs> injecting. Syringe and vial. And so you have a syringe and a vial right now. Okay. Yep. yep. And what, what's your findings at the moment? I mean, do you think her, do you think it's possible her, she's still honeymoon? She has a honeymoon phrase? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah cause, um, oh, yeah. She's been, like I said, she was all over the place. And I found an app for me to be able to graph. And also I can probably use Excel or something. But um, I could put the numbers in. But that's the other hard part is I got to... Uh, you know, wait until I see her to see her book, to see what the numbers were over at mom's or mom sometimes will remember to text me um, so I can see how she's doing, you know, in a graph, you know, view uh, for my for my own self. But um, just recently in the last few days, uh, we're, we're starting to get closer of an average of 150. But um, like last week, we were about averaging 200 uh, with spikes up to three and lows down in the hundreds. Um, but, uh, we're there's the nurses are still, you know, they call every two days and check the numbers and then change it up and, and stuff like that. We started at 25 for the carbs and now, uh, lunch is like 17 dinners, 20, um, things like that. So, um, you're figuring it out. Well, I would, yeah. I would, I would say this, the 200 is not terrible spikes to 300 are easily fixed with a little more time and understanding and blood sugars in the hundreds, I wouldn't call low. So, no. yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. so I think you're not doing, you're not doing poorly. What, what really does strike me and I, I'll sound like a salesman here for a second, but especially in this, in the situation you're in, if she's considering wearing a glucose monitor and you were to go with the, like the Dexcom G5, the newest version of it, mm-hmm. if you have iPhones, um, yeah. then your wife and you could be seeing her blood sugar at the same That's, time. And you guys could be exactly. learning this together at the same time. Exactly. And that and way, you're, you know, you're not passing back log books or yeah. trying to remember Tuesday yeah. and explain it to somebody because that really, that's difficult to do, y- yeah. you know, um, and especially too, if, and I don't know your ex, but, you know, you mentioned already, you know, I, I, I again, maybe I could put an Excel spreadsheet together and you mentioned that your daughter's kind of particular about planning things, which maybe sounds like it might be coming from you if you're mentioning a, a spreadsheet, right? <laughs> right. And, and so maybe if your ex is like laid back, you know, or, or not exactly as, as kind of like focused on stuff like this as you are, which I don't find to be a bad thing. My, we have the same situation here. My wife is much more uh, type A and I'm more like, I'll just feel my way through it. But, but we both understand it, but, but the fairness to us is we can both see it happening at the same time. But with, a, with that, 
with that glucose monitor, with that sharing ability, you guys could kind of live it together and figure it out together. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, my wife is type A and I'm type B. I'm more the laid back or whatever. But yes, I am. But at the same time, I'm organized. I like to try to be as organized as I can. I see. And and then something as important as this. And then when I'm not around 24-7 and I feel I'm, you know, I'm just I'm constantly worried because she's over there with her mom. And so, yes, that's why I would love to uh, for us to try to be able to get a Dexcom um, ASAP just so I feel more involved instead of being caught up. And vice versa, too. Like like you just said something that I think people could misconstrue. Like, I don't think you mean that you're nervous because she's with her mom. You mean you're you're just nervous because she's not with you. It's that that feeling. Yeah, it's that feeling of and listen. I'm not divorced, but I've been married for 20 years coming up this summer. I could easily see how I could have been divorced a number of times over the last <laughs> month and, and, and anybody else too. And my parents were divorced and I've often wondered, you know, how, what that, I mean, if you're, if you're an involved parent, like, like you are and something happens in your marriage and, and, and now you're suddenly not with your children every day, I can't personally imagine that. That sounds crushing to me yeah and, yeah and and i and i don't imagine that it isn't to you and then when you add this situation i mean i just don't i i, I am having a really difficult time wrapping my head around how you or your ex handle it when Elle is not with you mm-hmm. it, it must be it must be terribly just stressful i would well, no, in, in the beginning and like well and going back to like communication like last night the ex-wife did text me and she just put 243 so that was her bedtime and then this morning she texted me and just put 168. So I know that the uh, morning time was 168. So she, uh, you know, she, she's doing really good on communicating, keep, keeping me involved as much as possible. But, I, you know, I don't know how my daughter feels at 248. You know, yeah, okay, you told me it's 248, but what was she, is she, what does she feel like? Or anything? is it affecting her? Um, we're very active people. Uh, well, me, I'm a very active person. I can't sit for very long. I, I play sports. Um, uh, my daughter's playing baseball. And uh, loves to swim. She has a pool at her mom's house and at my dad's house. And so we swim a lot. And we had a couple um, scares, which to you may may not sound like, but to us, because it was new. But she had a, um, we were swimming a couple times last week and had a 73 and a 68. And, uh, you know, freaked me out a little bit. And I ran inside and just got uh, some orange juice and some crackers. Um, And then it happened over at her mom's too. and, And she called me what to do. And Told her, said, don't freak out. Just give her some slow carbs, you know, and then check her again in 15 and stuff. But um, Don't freak out. It's really good advice, Brad. It, yeah. it really is. And and to your point about the glucose monitor, too, in that same situation, you might be alerted of that when she's at <laughs> 100. And, and then instead of having to treat it so heavily and right. maybe end up getting high afterwards, you can just sort of like Arden swam for a very long time two weekends ago. And even though the Dexcom doesn't work when it's underwater – but, you know, she still comes out of the pool once in a while to grab the signal back. And I was able to just be like, hey, take a handful of grapes before you go back in the pool. I was wondering yeah, how that works. Yeah, so it does. You can swim with it on. OK. Yeah. you can. So it just doesn't transmit. Gotcha. First of all, it's Bluetooth. So it's it's probably yeah, yeah, limited yeah. to about 20 feet to begin with. But what would happen is she'd go in the pool and then she'd get out and run, run past a couple of times. It would grab the signal again. And, you know, and then I could look at it. Yeah. And, and then just say, hey, you know, I would definitely just have a handful of grapes. You know, if you're going to have uh, – you know, if you're going to have pizza, now's the time, like that, that kind of stuff. And yeah. she was in that pool for four or five hours. And we did have some like seventies and I think one sixty. Um, but we, they never got lower. She was never dizzy and we got them right back again. It, it's, 
Yeah, she so never much felt you're weird. Learn. No, she but, didn't feel dizzy um, at no. sixty. But but she was she was probably only there for for a brief moment. You know, there's an episode if you've been listening through. If there's an episode called Terry Lives on a Boat, and Terry's a gentleman who's been living with type one diabetes for a very long time, and he made that state he made a statement to me that he saw some data that says the people who don't have diabetes, who aren't using man made insulin, will experience um, an hour or so a day at times with a blood sugar in the sixties, and that's mm. not something you would even know, y- you know. So sixty, not great, but sixty and falling. Okay, that's scary and needs to be addressed. But if your, you know, if your blood sugar is seventy and and it stays there for twenty minutes and comes back up again, that's not the worst thing in the world. But we're so we're so accustomed to looking at the data now, and especially if you have if you have a CGM, you can see when someone's blood sugar was seventy for thirty minutes before it just sort of kind of like cruise back up again on its own. Yeah, and and it's easy to feel scared about that, but no one ever thinks like I wonder maybe my blood sugar was 70 today too. And I don't have diabetes. I'm not using yeah. man-made insulin. So I just think you're in a very beginning stages of an information collection period for you, which is right. how does this insulin affect her? How does, how does the exercise hit her? How does, you know, how does different foods affect her? You know, and, and once you have these, you know, people are probably tired of me saying it, but once you have these experiences, good, bad, or indifferent over and over and over again, eventually that's what you draw from. And that's how you stop from having the lows and the highs and the spikes because you'll just sort of know what to do at some point. Well, that, and you mentioned in one of your cat podcasts how I mean you you uh, you guys play a game where you can guess where her number is and you're usually within fifteen of it, you know, and and you know what foods were due to her and and not and and stuff like. And I can't wait to you know to to know that. But that's the hard part again is you know if she's at her mom's, I don't know what she ate when she had a two forty eight. I don't know what she had for dinner. I don't know what she. You know, or how much exercise she had there that day, or not, and and um, you yeah. know stuff like that. No, so. and it's the, and listen, Brad. I, let me. I'm going to share something personal that'll probably get me in trouble with my wife if she ever listens to this. So, Kelly, if you're listening, stop listening right now. It's not, <laughs> not important. But um, I have for a very long time, um, in every way I can imagine, asked my wife not to let my daughter have this one specific food. It just, it just, it is. It's hard on her. It pushes her blood sugar into the two hundreds. It leaves it there for it makes. I can't get it down, you know. And and I think that my wife thought she had figured out how to like not let the blood sugar get higher. And then just the other night, my daughter had this 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 food with her, and then her blood sugar jumped up to two hundred. I couldn't get it down all night. It was two hundred. I ended up having to give her like a crushing amount of insulin at some point to get it down. But I was I didn't I wasn't there when she ate it. I didn't know exactly how much she had. I didn't. I couldn't recall the steps that were taken because I wasn't mm-hmm. there. It's just like what you're talking about. So right. you're you're not just blind because diabetes is difficult, but then you're blind because you weren't uh, you weren't privileged to the steps that happened. Like right. it's easy to say she had this many carbs or it was this right. many of this, but my my inference of what those what that food means and my wife's is different because I'm with her more frequently. I'm with I'm with Arden more frequently. I may have looked at that food and said, this is this many carbs for sure and completely agree with my wife, but I may have said, but that needs more insulin. Mm-hmm. And, and that might not be a, an experience my wife has because she's, she's not as involved in this because mm-hmm. she's working and I'm here. Right. And right. so it's no one's fault, but what I'm, the reason I'm sharing it with you, and I'm not upset with my wife or anything like that, but, but, but the reason I'm sharing it with you is because you could have a very visceral reaction to that and it is easy to say something to your spouse that 
you don't mean, and it comes from a, a place of fear. And so I would, I would caution you against, if you have something to say about stuff like that, I mean, I really do think the 24 hour rule would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, so that when you actually do say it, it's not in the moment, it's not in the heat of any kind of a moment. You're not saying something while a blood sugar's high. And later you can say, you can say it a different way. You can say, Hey, right. you know, yesterday this happened and I'm trying to figure out how to not, you know, let it happen again. And I was wondering when the insulin went in and that kind of thing. And because trust me, there's no, there, there's, there's no good that comes from having that conversation in the moment. And, yeah. and there's this drive that you're going to know better than I do, but that feeling of wanting to like protect your kid and our health you really do. You have to be a special person to still kind of speak in the King's English in that situation and not just say something stupid that 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that. Yep. No, yeah. I've been, I've been really, uh, uh, the 24 hour rule is a great <laughs> advice. I give, I give, you know, young, young men all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really just is like, there's you, sometimes <laughs> you just need to think it through a few times before sure. you say something and, uh, sure. and you don't need to hurt somebody's feelings, especially when both people have the same goal in mind, you, yeah. you, you know? So, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a tech guy. I love tech stuff. My ex-wife is not. And uh, so that's why I, I want to maybe today talk with the NP if she knows if it's if this is the place uh, to, to, to ask her. But about the Dexcom or, or even the pen, when we can get a pen. I mean, we got summer uh, you know parties going on or birthday parties or, um, you know, we usually for the past years when summer came, we would drop her off at I would drop her off with my mom while I got while I'm at work, or she would, you know, leave her leave her. Uh, her mom would come over, you know, when she's with her, you know, grandparents, you know, stuff like that. Go to birthday parties. Well, you know, grandparents are still trying to catch up on how this all works with this basic, you know, syringe and everything. The way basic way we're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I could get a pen prescription to so that she can go to a party because she's t- she's Ella's checking her blood now. Um, so for about the past week now, she's been uh, proactive herself and trying to check her check herself. Uh, she checks her step siblings uh, every once in a while. <laughs> Everybody's to, getting their blood sugar checked. <laughs> yeah, so you know we're all trying to be involved with her so she doesn't feel like she's an outcast, you know, right, and stuff. Right, sure. And uh, but uh, but then you know then I found out those little uh, test strips are prescription. You can't just go get more. So you only get so many, you know, in your prescription. So, you know, the, the ex-wife was telling us, chill out. You know, yeah, <laughs> and and depend, depending too on your, they could be expensive depending on your insurance yeah, coverage too. So right, let right. me ask you a question. So you, you already, like you said, you've been poking around, you know about CGM. Yeah. Are you, think? do you, has Ella, does she have an opinion about CGM insulin pumps, that kind of stuff? This would be a great place to talk about our sponsor, Omnipod. Let's put aside that I know you want a tubeless insulin pump because there's no way you want tubing. Let's talk about the future for a second. Let's get the time machine boop, 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 and go to the future. Omnipod has just released a timeline for some of the things they're doing in the near future. One of them is they're they got a whole new kind of fancy PDM, the personal diabetes manager, the wireless thing that controls the pod with, you know, like when you want to give yourself insulin, you just yank this little thing out, you push a couple buttons and you're getting insulin. No tubes. No wires, all magic through the air. It's probably not magic, it's probably gonna be Bluetooth. Also, Omnipod wants you to know that they have begun the submission process with the FDA and the clinical trial process and all that other stuff is in the motion. They got themselves an artificial pancreas coming. They're calling it Horizon. And uh, you know, it's slated to launch in 2019, which may seem like it's far away, but it's not. And it brings up a good point. 
One of the greatest things about the Omnipod is, is when they make an improvement to the Omnipod, you just get it. It's not like with another insulin pump where you buy like, you know, Model X. And then if you want Model XY, you have to buy another one. With Omnipod, you know, a couple years ago, they shrunk down the pods, made them smaller. When that happened, I just started getting smaller pods in the mail. I didn't have to say, hey, I want the better stuff. I want the newer stuff. I want the good stuff. They just started sending them. They're not messing around. They don't have 17,000 different insulin pumps. They've got the best version of their insulin pump. Did that sink in? Do you hear what I'm saying? Enjoy that thought for a second. And then go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo. Get started today. It's a free, no obligation demo pod. It's free and it's got no obligation. Just do it now. Myomnipod.com forward slash demo. I don't know why you're not typing already. Well, then I found a YouTube channel of a, of a family and a daughter that was roughly the same age as, as yours, it sounds like, you know, 9, 10, 11, and uh, out in Denver. But, um, you know, they've, they've been blog, video, you know, a, a video and everything. And I, so I was able to show her, I was, you know, watched it, had, it, had my daughter watch it um, to show her what it looked like and, and how, I mean, they even videoed how when the, that girl first put it on her arm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she would love to not get pricked four times a day in her fingers. Um, she would love to not have anybody, uh, see her getting, you know, friends and stuff like that. You know, we've uh, had to check her at a ball game uh, and stuff and, um, it just, right. You know, but at the same time, she's only three weeks in. And so everything, she feels weird about everything that she's a weird person to everybody and stuff like that. So I just want, you know, like you said before, in one of your podcasts, I want her to be as nor to, to feel as normal as possible and feel like it's not controlling her life, that she controls it. And, and if she can, and if we can see 24 seven, uh, you know, through the monitor, uh, it would make us feel more relaxed. And also, like you said, get better sleep. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely believe that. And, and not only that, but if you, if you ever think about, you know, and not that injections aren't, aren't fantastic, but you know, at the same time, if you were using a pump, then you could really start making some when you start seeing your patterns, you can start making yeah. more high level decisions, you, you know, right. and, and simple things. Like I, I would tell you very easily that if you you know, somebody said to me, what would you tell a, a newly diagnosed family? I think the first thing I would say to you is that, that I think it gets, I don't, I don't know that diabetes is, um, I think people say it gets easier. I don't think it gets easier. I just think you get really good at it at some point and it makes it feel easier, which is splitting hairs, but, but still, um, and I would say that that happens sooner than you imagine. And, you know, it's hard to imagine in the moment that you're going to feel confident at some point, but, but you got to kind of trust somebody who's been there already, you know, it's coming. Um, I would also say that being able to see, um, you know, real time blood sugars is a major, uh, is a major thing. It's a leap forward. Uh, it would then allow you to start making decisions like you could see, you know, hey, we we ate at this time, and then we saw this three hundred spike, um, and then you could start understanding better how the insulin works, and mm-hmm. you know, giving insulin prior to food, um, and you know, and and if you had a pump, you could give insulin prior to food, see a spike, and go, okay, I didn't give enough, and then adjust basal rates up or give more insulin, and you know, there's a lot of things, fine tuning things that you can do that mm-hmm. aren't that aren't just like count the carbs, stick the insulin and wait three hours, test again. If you're high, give yourself more. And if you're, if you're, you know, like it, that's just very rudimentary, I mm-hmm. guess. And, and no, you'll yeah. figure that out pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, that's, I'm a, I feel like I'm a, I don't want to say a lot like you, but I, I want to, I want to have that challenge. I want to figure it out. The little uh, tweaks here and there and, and, and stuff. I could, I feel like I could do that very easily. 
um, if I could see it in real time or, or yeah. It just, it's a world of difference. I mean, it honestly is. It's, it's, I, I can remember back to not having any of this technology and it was all just a crapshoot, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, and the, and the information I had from my doctor was, you know, I've been saying it like this recently, but it was stay alive information, not live healthy information. And I'm not, mm-hmm. just, I wasn't just looking for my daughter to not die. I'd like her to live well, sure. you, you, you know, and, and if that's possible, then why not try? And then, then what you find out is that after you're, you're involved in it for a little bit, what sounds like a ton of effort uh, isn't. And I hear back from people a lot. You know, just recently I posted something on one of my social media channels, and the, and the person, uh, person came back, a mother, and she's like, this just looks like a lot of work. And I said, it's not. It, now it was to learn it. It was to learn it, and it was to put it into yeah. practice. But now that I know how to do it, to be perfectly honest – I, I probably sound like, you know, I'm thinking about my daughter's diabetes constantly, but I'm never thinking about it. Like everything's in place, you, you know, and I, I don't know how to, it, that must sound frustrating for people who are, are, are in your situation uh, or people who've been at it for a really long time and it's not coming together for them. But, you know, between this technology and, and understanding how to time insulin, I, I don't have a tough time with it for the, for the most part, you know. Yeah. And I think well, that's possible for everybody. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I was sitting here flipping through a text where two days ago she had a baseball game. And when she went home, it was um, bedtime was 281. We're still doing the 2 a.m. checks. Um, so 2 a.m. was 100. And then in the morning, for, uh, in the morning around 8, probably, or 7, it was 93. So we went from 281 to 93 within 10 hours. Without insulin? Without a. Without well, uh, a fast acting or with it? No, we have uh, Levamir is the nighttime one. So at, at the 281 time, she gave her her, her Levamir and then checked her at one. No insulin, just checked her and it was 100 and then checked her in the morning and it was 93 before her uh, Humalog that we were using Humalog. So so if if so if you were just doing, you do your slow acting insulin, the Levamir at night. Yes. And, and so from the activity, you think she went all the way from 281 to... Um, to 93 overnight. So I, I'll make a suggestion you can bring up with your MP today. Ask the MP if they don't think that a good idea might be to split the Levamir into two different shots. So instead of once every 24 hours, however much you're using, I don't know. Do, uh, do you nine know? units. Okay. So instead of nine units every 24 hours, let's do four and a half units every 12 hours to give us a smoother coverage. Right. Because... Y- she shouldn't be dropping from 281 to 93 without a fast acting insulin. Uh, maybe it was the activity that brought her down, but at the same time, maybe maybe you could have avoided the 281 with a smoother coverage of slow acting insulin. So that's why I was more amazed because that 281 came after a baseball well, game. Yeah, well, so that's what amazed me. How so? Here I can tell you this, and it's funny. I'm gonna get off the track for a second. My daughter plays softball, but I call it baseball because my son plays baseball. Is your daughter playing baseball or is she playing softball? <laughs> no, she's, she's complete tomboy. Is she playing she, baseball? Yeah, she wants to play with the boys. She's oh, one cool. of uh, three one of three girls in the whole league. My daughter joked the other day. She's like, when I come back from my last year of Little League, I'm going to play baseball instead of softball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah. But okay, so great. So, um, so it's confounding to you how does she get high while she's active, right? Or after being active, yeah. Right, I mean, right. the, the the game was over by eight thirty, so that I know that shot or that check was by nine. So yeah. So here's the question, right? If we, we'll take this as a little microcosmos idea, like prior to the game, did you know what her blood sugar was? 
No, I don't. No. Okay. So there's so much going into it. So maybe she was high from dinner that carried into the game. Maybe, um, I don't know how aware you are that adrenaline can really spike your blood sugar. Sure. So I like my daughter gets insulin while she's playing softball. Well, and, and so okay, yeah, okay. And, and and that would be difficult to imagine without a glucose monitor, I guess. But as soon as the game becomes contested in any way, mm-hmm. or it's an important game to begin with, Arden gets a spike of adrenaline, and I have to give her insulin for the adrenaline. The problem with the adrenaline is, is that if the adrenaline goes away before the insulin's finished, you could get low afterwards. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's quite a balancing act to keep. Yeah. We, we have to pull her out after an hour. The games are about an hour and 45. We mm-hmm. pull her out in an hour, uh, and, uh, give her a, a 15 carb snack and let her chill for a minute. And then she goes back out, you know, at the next inning or so. And did you um, do that because she was low? No, because we were told by the nurse, we ah. were to give her a 15 carb snack, 15 minutes before any heavy activity, swimming, baseball, or something, you know, heavy activity. So a 15 carb, 15 minutes before and an hour of into the activity, pull out and do another 15 carb snack, sit for a minute and then go back to doing whatever. So that's what we've been doing with swimming and this baseball, which is the only two things going on that are heavy activity. Okay. So everybody listening who listens to the podcast right now, imagine what I'm going to say. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your health plan. (laughs) Now, Brad, you gave her 15 carbs and she ended up at 300 afterwards. Did you, do you think she needed the 15 carbs? I wasn't, um, uh, just think about it. Forget forget not being there. No, no, I don't. Because these baseball games at nine years old are very slow, very hard to watch. Um, uh, The kids are pitching and they don't know how to pitch. And so it's mostly a bunch of walks. And walks and walks. She's basically standing outside yep. in a baseball uniform. And yep. so and so I get so so I want you to wrap your head around this a little bit and ask your MP when you talk to her. Your NP gave you very basic generalized advice that yeah. will that will most certainly keep your daughter from having a seizure while she's playing baseball. Right. She did not give you any advice specific to you and your daughter and the actual situation. Right, and so you have to start, and it's early on. I'm not breaking your, I'm not breaking your stones here, but but you have to start having an experience like that and saying to yourself, "Well, wow, we did what they told us to do, but then our blood sugar was 300. Yeah. So the food sounds like it wasn't necessary. I would say to you, pull her out of the game, test her blood sugar. If right. her blood sugar is 150, she certainly doesn't need a snack. And and if 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 my daughter's blood sugar was 150 while she was playing softball and she ate something, I'd give her insulin for it. And so, yeah. and so, yeah. you, trust me, six months from now, Brad, you're going to send me an email and be like, oh my God, I've, we, we all, we've moved forward so amazingly from those thoughts we had in the first couple of weeks. I'm not telling you to stop that today. I'm not telling you you need to fast forward to, to where I am. I'm telling you, think about it. Think about right. what's happening and say to yourself, is this really the right thing to be doing? And 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 then once you get your answers to those questions, you'll be able to make decisions autonomously that lead you to better situations. Because basically right. what it sounds like to me is that it sounds like to me that you know, I, I would take the baseball out of the equation. Your daughter had an uncovered snack that made her blood sugar really high. And then she drops 200 points overnight, that's a different issue because she's not really that active in the baseball game. 
Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I would guess that the, the drop's not from activity. I would guess that the drop could be from maybe the levomere's not working as smoothly for you as it could be. So that, that slow-acting insulin gets injected and it crystallizes under the skin and then it sort of melts away slowly. Oh, okay. And there are people who would tell you that sometimes it works faster than it should or slower than it should or that you run out of it before the end of the 24 hours. So maybe you injected it the night before, she had a snack during softball, maybe it was not as potent at the end of the 24-hour period. That might have also helped her get high. And then when you injected it, it may have worked a little too quickly and drug her down, which is why I'm right. saying let's split it and put it 12 hours apart. I see that. Yeah, I agree with well, – yeah. Does that I agree make, with And that. so talk yes, to the does. MP. And when you talk to the MP like that, if she looks back at you like, oh, these people have been paying attention, that's when you hit her up for the CGM because mm-hmm. you won't look lost and inept in that moment and scared. Right. You'll look like you're you're paying attention, you're trying to figure things out, and I, I want more information so that we can do better. Um, you know, because most of the times when they tell you, Oh, you can't have an insulin pump right away, you can't have this right away, it's mainly because they're trying to protect you from yourself. You, you, you know, and I don't completely agree with that concept. I understand it. Um, but the but the sooner you look like you know what you're doing, the better chance you have to get these devices when you ask for them. And that's what I told my ex-wife. But at the same time, we're just we're still scared, you know. And so we're just go, we, we all we know to do is to go by what they're telling us. But Absolutely. at the same time, I am looking at these numbers like, well, why did we why did we give her that snack? We didn't need to. But at the same time, we didn't we didn't check her before the snack. So we, maybe we should have checked her, but then we're like, man, I hate pricking her finger eight times a day. You know, you are in the middle of so many different yeah. vexing situations because I would say to you, I heard you say she doesn't want to get her, her, her finger checked four times a day. I would tell you at this point without a glucose monitor, I'd be checking her more like eight or nine times a day. Right. Because you, because you need to or get a glucose monitor, but, but you need to know when we do this, this is what happens next. And if you're not checking frequently enough, there's no way to know what's happening next. Exactly. Right, that's right. where I feel like, yeah. Well, you're 100% right. And, and so that's why I'm telling you, that's why my better advice to you is, is that when you have a feeling like that, that's what I feel like, you need to, you need to follow that feeling a little more. Like in the end, Brad, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but I talked to, like this conversation you and I are having is probably not much different than we would have had on the phone if you just, we would have talked privately. Uh-huh. Um, but but what I, my finding is, and I've talked to a lot of parents on, over the phone over the years, is that most of them have two things in common. Um, they, 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 they don't trust their gut enough, and, and, and they don't have confidence. And, and that, that's kind of one issue. And the other thing is, is that they take what they're being told blindly, and when they see that what they're being told isn't accurate, they kind of don't have the nerve to then trust their gut and 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 follow that idea to it's That's end. exactly right. right. That's exactly how you we've get, been feeling. You get very stuck with the lady at the hospital told yes. me this and we are doing this even though the outcome is completely completely not what we want. You know, it's yes. it's I I don't know what the what the analogy is, but if you know, if I gave you advice about 
you know, it's okay, Brad, shut your eyes and walk through the house. And you walked into a wall and I said, no, keep your eyes shut and keep going. Like, you'd be like, yo, man, no. Yeah. Like, like, you know, right. so you, 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 and I said, no, no, Brad, listen, I'm an expert on walking through the house with your eyes closed. You have to listen to me. Okay, okay, you shut your eyes, bang, you're into a wall again. At what point are you going to open your eyes and go, A, I'm not, I refuse to walk into a wall again. And B, I got to look for better advice in this situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe I ought to have my hands out while I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, or, or and, but, and this is a repetitive thing over the podcast, but we're, we're, we, we were raised this way. Mm-hmm. Blindly listen to police and doctors and teachers. There's certain people you don't question. And even as adults, it's hard to break away from it sometimes. Right. You know? She, uh, the ex-wife, uh, you know, when I told her uh, about finding your um, website and your, your podcast and, and other people's and other things I've been looking at, uh, she didn't. She's like, well, I know, you know, she tells me, you know, I know you love to research and, and look out and try to find other ways and all that stuff. But I just want to know what the doctors are going to tell me. I want to do what they tell us. They're the professionals. I want to wait and hear what hear from them. You know, this was all in the first week. It's very and, understandable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But, you know, at the same time, why not listen to people who are experiencing it? How do we know that that nurse hasn't? I mean, she's experienced other people's um you know, other, through other people, she doesn't have diabetes, maybe, you know, things like you guys do. And so that's why I thought it was, yeah, it's, it's the speed limit analogy, right? You know, 35 miles an hour through a curve, everybody has to drive 35 miles an hour through a curve because somebody's driving through there with a 25 year old Datsun, you you know, but if you came up to that curve in a Porsche, you could probably go through at 65 miles an hour, but, but the government can't put up a sign that says, if you're driving a Porsche at 65, (laughs) it's this, it's this, because nobody knows who you are in the moment. And the doctor is in the same situation, Brad, they don't know if you are an incredibly bright, involved person who can right. grasp this. They don't know if you're a math challenge person who doesn't understand anything it's saying that's scared out of their mind. And so they give you very 35 mile an hour in gotcha. advice. You, you, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and so that's why I'm telling you is that you, you one of the things that's kind of, them, you have to show them. them who you are so they know how much they can give you. And after you've done that, if they don't have that information, that's where you and your ex have to get together on the idea that Diabetes is, and, and this is this is my finding, and I'm sure it's many many other people's findings. It is an it is a disease that after you live with it for a very short amount of time, you probably know more about it than your doctor does. And that's not so. that's and that's not something that you can say in a lot of situations, right? Like mm-hmm. I, my son broke his arm this year. I'm never going to know more about healing a broken arm than the guy I went the ortho I went to see. You, you, you know, but I bet you if I lived with a broken arm for ten years, I'd know. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, like, and, and so at some point, diabetes is so specific and personal, person to person about how insulin affects you and how food affects you and exercise and all that stuff that it's not even fair to expect the doctor to know all that about you. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to be giving you generalized information okay. and it's your job to take what works and make it specific to you and go back to them and tell them what's not working. And if their advice continually puts you walking into a wall, well, at some point, if you've got a glucose monitor and you understand how insulin works, you got to, sometimes you just got to try for yourself. Right. You, you know? I, yeah. And I understand in the beginning, again, the ex-wife wasn't under very, didn't understand everything. Um, when we were there for those three days in that hospital, she was asking questions that was telling me, okay, she still doesn't get the hang of this. Um, but I, you know, I took, I took grasp of it, grasp of it really fast, um, to understand. But 
it's the understanding that, hey, this food's going to affect her differently than that kind of food. You know, a fruit and a, and a starch is different and or uh, a sugar, or, you know, not a sugar, but just the different types of foods that have carbs will affect her slowly or faster. Um, and those, but and their, so effect, can, and their effects last differently. <laughs> you know, a, a, you get two tablespoons of table sugar might have however many carbs it has in it and it might spike your blood sugar up but you'd be surprised how quickly like her levomir could probably handle that and bring it back again yeah but yeah. you could have a, an equal amount of carbs of a bagel and then you need to understand that that bagel goes into your stomach and it sits in there and digests very very slowly giving off carbohydrates and raising your blood sugar sometimes for hours afterwards exactly and, and that's and, one of her favorite things to eat <laughs> It's bread. Good for uh, you. Bread. And by, yeah, by that was sarcasm. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, but but so look, if it makes you feel better, and I hope it does. Now, my daughter took her lunch to school today. There is a half of a bagel with Nutella on it. That seems mm -hmm. to be the thing this year. She has okay. a grab bag of chips, three Oreo cookies, a big handful of grapes. I don't know how many. Some cherries. I don't know how many. And a juice box that has hate carbs in it. And when an hour and a half after you and I are done talking, we're going to pre-bolus her meal 15 minutes before she eats it. And I am going to just randomly choose an amount of insulin that I think is correct. And um, I know it's somewhere, I know, I know that that meal is going to take probably, and this is specific to Arden, obviously, but probably eight and a half to nine units of insulin and it's going to require me to probably boost her basal rate, which is something you can't do because you're not pumping, by about 60% yeah. for about two hours. And if I do that, if I pre-bolus 15 minutes before and I do all the things I just told you, my expectation is that her blood sugar won't go over about 125. Wow. And, and that is based on so much trial and error, Brad. Exactly. You, you know, and it's based on having the technology at, at my disposal and it's based on experience and experience, experience. Exactly. To expect that to happen for you today is crazy. With 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 an injection, with an you know with a, with, a, with a syringe and a thing. But if you, you know, it, let that be the story you tell the MP because the way I got the CGM was, um, you know, I, I think I've told this here before, but but my nurse practitioner once told me a story a long time ago, back when Dexcom was at maybe the seven plus. Um, version about this kid that she had who got a glucose monitor because he just wanted to eat M&Ms without his blood sugar spiking. And he said after a month of trial and error, the kid figured out exactly how much insulin and exactly what time and then how long to wait until he ate the M&Ms and then never a spike. Just ate the M&Ms like it wasn't like you and I would. Wow. Probably better. And when I heard that that was possible, I thought, well, then it's possible for everything. And give me that technology so I can see that and make and start making those decisions. And it's for the most part worked out really great. You know, I, I will tell you, and I'm pretty proud at this point, we're up to almost three years between five nine and six two for her A1C. And Arden well, eats yeah. pretty much whatever she wants. That's what I'm 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 um do we have to wait another three months to do another A1C? Yeah, dude, don't even okay. yeah, don't worry about it. Like just yeah. she'll they'll do it quarterly for you. Okay. You know, don't try hard and not let it feel like a report card on your parenting. Um, <laughs> you know, use it more as a guideline. Like we're doing better. You know, things are exactly. things are going the way I'm hoping, or they're not, right, or right, whatever. Right. Um, you might want to try 
it's tough because it's so new in the beginning, but there's probably a couple of foods you could avoid to make this easier on you. And so some people might say to you, it's unfair. She was just diagnosed. She loves bagels and bread. But if you take bagels and bread out of the mix for a little while, it might be easier for you to figure out how the insulin works because mm -hmm. that's a, because bagels and bread as an example are, are that's more high level insulin using. Mm -hmm. If you use stuff, that's a little more balanced and a little less, um, you, you know, carb rich that stuff that stays in your system for a long time and affects your blood sugar. You can get an easier idea of how to do this. And then you can say to yourself, okay, now let me reintroduce the bagel and I, and take what I've learned and, and apply it to this, you, yep. you know, and it really is, it really is possible. You know, it's not, That's, um, we've been, this has been made, uh, this is making Ella, uh, be more honest with herself and her food and meaning that, you know, are you going to be able to eat all that or not? Uh, just because you say you're hungry, you know, are your eyes hungry or is your stomach hungry kind of thing? You know, you need to, if you say you're going to eat those two, those two fish fillets, you, uh, you know, you have to eat them all well, more of the carb stuff, but this has made her become more, you know, honest with herself, how much she can and can't eat. Uh, she's gotten a lot better at that. In the beginning, she wasn't, she wouldn't eat at all. Uh, not, and then, and we would sit there and say, okay, you know, well, you need to eat something else, and you need, you know, to add up for the insulin we gave you. Yeah. Uh, but that's so. Then, like when she, she, when she comes over, and you know, like I said, it's every other, every other day. So I have every other uh, dinner and stuff, and I'll look at her mom's numbers on that log book, and you know, she's eating 120 carbs and getting, you know, six, seven units. But then my dinners are you know, 40 to 60 carbs, if, if anything. And, and, you know, I'm doing seafoods or uh, I'll take the, the, the bread off of the hamburger and just, you know, hey, honey, you're going to use a fork, you know, no bread or something just to, but my carbs are lower. But, you know, her mom's excuses, she wants her to get some meat back on her bones. You know, we lost eight pounds in a couple weeks. You know, she's, she's rare. She's five foot tall already at nine years old. Um, and she, I'm very tall. Her mom's very tall. Uh, but, and, you know, she's just bone. So we're trying to get some meat back on her, but at the same time, I don't want to um, shove her down with a bunch of bread and a bunch of insulin. I'm just trying to get her to, to – she was a very picky eater in the, before we were diagnosed, and so now she still is, and we're trying to get her to widen her palate um, to, to try other stuff. But uh, she loves meats, and she loves seafoods, and so I've just been sticking with things like that. Yeah. Um, well, you're, what you're saying makes me think of two different things. So first, first thing it makes me think is that – when your blood sugar is under is in a, in a good range, and you're using the insulin well, she will just gain weight. Um, if the blood sugars are high a lot, she could be and you know experiencing ketoacidosis, and then that could be taking weight off of her. So okay. definitely keeping her blood sugars, you know, in range will help mm -hmm. her put on weight. The other thing is, I completely get what you're saying about about like taking the bun off of a burger and stuff like that, and I. You know, listen, however many carbs in a meal is not up to me to say. I would tell you my kids' meals are more like 50 or 60 carbs. Um, not, I, don't, I don't think there's many meals where there's 120 carbs happening at my house. But um, at the same time, I would caution you against, you know, causing any kind of like a food issue. Like, like you know, you don't want her to be scared to eat. And you don't want her to feel like she has to eat. And at the same time, I understand what you're saying. You give her that insulin, and then you're scared to death if they don't cover the insulin for carbs. But keep this in mind, too. Is she getting high after dinner? Is her blood sugar higher? Because if it is, then you're probably not using enough insulin anyway. So if she doesn't eat everything, it probably isn't going to hurt you. 
as far as the blood sugar goes. The bedtime number, and again, you're, you're, we're not checking enough. You know, we check at five o'clock for dinner and then we'll check at bedtime somewhere between eight and nine o'clock. So there's three or four hours that could go by that we don't, don't know. know. So I need happening. to check more. But yeah, the bedtime is usually a high number. Yeah. But because, I mean, 200, you know, right. easily. And t- listen, trust me, 200, you're not doing bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's possible that, think about it, that 200 number, had she not eaten the last three bites of her dinner, might have been more like 150. You never, yeah. you never know. You, you know what I mean? So, right. so my what I'm saying is, is don't feel burdened that she's got to eat every last bite because then you might make her feel weird about food when what you really could be doing is say to her, all right, listen, if you're done eating, it's all good. You know what we're going to do instead? We're going to just test in 90 minutes and make sure, or however long I think is right, and make sure you don't get low afterwards. And if you do, maybe then you can have a little snack or, or you know, like something like that. That kind of, that sort of normalizes it. Like use all the tools at your disposal to make things as normal as possible. Like, you know, it, it, don't get me wrong. If, you know, if Arden's blood sugar is tanking and I think she's, you know, I think she's in a real bad situation and I'm like, here, eat this banana and she has two bites of it. I, I will say, don't eat the whole banana right now. Hurry up. <laughs> but, but at the same time, if her blood sugar was 75 and she didn't want to eat anything, you know, and I could see on her glucose monitor that she was steady. I, you know, I have different tools at my disposal. I could shut off her basal insulin for a half an hour, maybe bring her up a little bit. Whereas you have Levomir going and you can't, but you also might be able to say, look, just have a, you know, a couple of these fruit snacks or a, a handful of grapes or something. Let's see if we can get that 75 to be more like 90. Um, but let's not, but I don't want to force you to eat at the same time. So if you're not hungry, maybe a few sips of milk might be the way to go on this. So like, don't think of it as like full. It's tough because the doctor puts that 15 grams in your head, right? Like yeah, yeah. treat with 15 grams, treat with 15 grams. But, but if you had an 85 blood sugar, you wouldn't want to treat that with 15 grams because it's going to make you 200. Yeah. You know, I, for me, an 85 blood sugar would be, you know, take two sips of this or have four of those like things or, hey, you know how you never eat cereal? Well, go take a small handful of cereal and we'll bump mm-hmm. it a little mm-hmm. bit. Like mm-hmm. it'll make more sense to you when you can see the data better. I'm interested. I want to, I, I hope you send me an email later today and tell me how much of that technology you were able to wrangle out of uh and, and so let me give you this last little bit of advice, I guess, at the end here, because um, we're up on an hour. Yep. If you go in there today and you have the insurance for it and you yep. want a CGM, do not let the MP tell you no. Like, don't let her say, well, we would like you to have diabetes longer. Just say, I, I hear what you're saying, but we understand how it works and we want it. And so please write me the prescription and let's get the process going. Yes, that's yeah, my plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the the idea that you need to have diabetes longer. I don't subscribe to it all. I wish they would have given your daughter a Dexcom in the. I wish in the hospital they would have said, "Hey, bad news, got to wear this thing now." Click and been like, "Here's how it works." Because yeah. then all this fear and this confusion that you're talking about wouldn't exist in its current form. It would exist in a different form, Brad, because yeah. then you could see the blood sugar. Yeah. But at least then you could start making decisions to stop that wavy line and and get it together. Right now, you're scared with no way out. With the with the information, you're scared with a way to fix it. Like, yeah, you, they, you know what they mean? want us to wait a year for pump therapy, and um, but that's more or less more based on our knowledge. So my goal is by December, when my daughter's tenth birthday comes. 
uh, is to be able to get her on pump therapy at least by then and prove to you know the the endo in October how knowledgeable we are by then and um, and so Brad and hopefully- I, I would tell you this I would say that that seems arbitrary you know what I mean one year yeah uh, it, it's been it was told to me in the past I completely get it and at the same time that scares me <laughs> you don't need. I don't see why you would need to wait one year to get it. If you wanted an insulin pump and your daughter wants an insulin pump and you think this is the best way for you to handle things, there's there's no reason, there's no medical reason you can't have one sooner. Right. And so, I mean, I, I don't want to cause you a problem, but I would say to you, look, if that's the things you want, you would say to the doctor, well, I, I hear what you're saying, but we want an insulin pump now. And if you're not willing to do that, I'm going to go find an endocrinologist that's willing to do it, you know, because you're not special. There are other endocrinologists and, and uh, I'm going to be looking for one who's a little more forward thinking uh, about the technology. Yeah. You know, I know we're up on our time. I just wanted to, so I'd I'd like to finish by saying thank you very much for uh, how proactive you've been for the, you know, the the diabetes community because it's been very helpful. Uh, I've learned a lot just listening to other parents and you uh, links that you've given on your website um, it's been, it's been, uh, a great help. And I just wanted to say thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're very kind. And, and this is absolutely my pleasure. I, I really, I just, oh. re- Brad, I remember feeling like you felt and it's <laughs> my, my hope is that you don't feel like that as long as I did. That's all. Thank you. Yeah. So dude, great, great, great luck. And, and I don't know if you're, if you're, uh, your ex-wife will ever listen to this, but you, but if she's listening, I think you guys are doing a really cool thing about, you know, how you, how you're talking and everything. And it did fe- I have to let her know that it did feel weird not to say her name, to call her the ex. But at the same time, I understand that she, she's not, she doesn't want her name in this and you're not in that situation where you can just blurt it out. It almost right. got fun at some point. You were like the ex, my ex-wife. I was like, this is fun. So, but, but nevertheless, if we found, if, if it was a comfort, I would have loved her or used her name. But I think you guys, you might have done one of the most adult things in your life, like putting aside how you were handling things um, for your daughter. And I think that yes. should be for people who are listening. I mean, I hope you take that um, in your uh, own life if you're divorced, because I see you all complaining online. My ex, my ex, my ex, my right. ex. These people just they put their egos aside and, and they did what was right for Ella. And, and that's really cool. So exactly. All right, Brad, man, um, have a great, great day. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I I genuinely do not know where we would be without Omnipod. If you'd like to find out what it's like to live untethered and um, have a really cool insulin pump, go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo or click on any of the links in the show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Try a free, no obligation demo. Big, big thanks to Brad for coming on and being so honest. You know, it cannot be easy to go on a podcast and talk about, you know, your ex-wife and co-parenting a child who's just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, but I think he did a a really great service today by by sharing their story. If you're a new listener to the podcast, don't forget to go back and try old episodes because they're only old to you because you've never heard them before. It's not like they're outdated or they don't work anymore or the information in them stopped being good. That's silly. They're just, you know, they happened before you started listening. Go back, try one. Start with Bold with Insulin. Everyone loves Bold with Insulin. Do that one. And then try more. And then tell a friend. And then... I'm done. Goodbye.